I'm Joe. Nice to meet you, brother. I love watching you grow up. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Touchdown! Is this the And Fernando Tatis Jr. A grand slam. Iguodala. It's funny to hear female talk about routes like. Hosted by Clark and Ethan. It's funny. All right, and welcome back to From the Backseat. I am your host, Ethan Haas, and it's great to be back, and I'm joined by my co-host. What up, guys? It's Clark here again, per usual, with more terrible sports takes, but that's what I'm here for. Well, that that's what's good. We're finally together for our yep. third episode. Mm-hmm. So, Clark, how are you doing today? Oh, so good. So, so excited to get to go to a little Padres game after this. Hopefully, they don't disappoint me. You know, baseball has been all the buzz the last day around sports. So, what can I mean, you say? Uh, that's actually a great segue into our first story, mm-hmm. which is about a former Padre himself. His name is Tommy Pham. So, uh, before we get into the story a little bit, so, Clark, what was your opinion of Tommy Pham as a Padre? Um, I will always say for Tommy Pham himself, I thought he was definitely a guy who I liked the work ethic. Um, as a person, I think I disagree with him on most of anything that he ever brought up. Very, you know, offensive political posts that he would put up on his Instagram. Um, getting stabbed at a strip club outside in San Diego. Um, you know, just giving the bird to the fans, showing off the stab wound one game. Certainly one of the more eclectic Padres that I can remember since probably like Milton Bradley who tore his Achilles trying to fight an umpire at first base. But I would say is my overall opinion is that uh, not a big Tommy fan guy. Um, so what happened this week in Cincinnati certainly does not surprise me based off of everything that happened with him in San Diego. Well, so let's get into him. So first, before we talk about the controversy, Clark, what was he like as a player? So we know the off the, the field issues. He got stabbed in a strip club. Uh, notorious story in San Diego. Mm-hmm. But what was he like as a left fielder? Let's start. There. I mean, okay, so in San Diego, so I will give Tommy Fan overall in his MLB career. He's been a very productive player. I think his years in Tampa Bay and St. Louis have been the best. Um, since then, it's really kind of just gone downhill. Um, in San Diego, obviously, in his first year, he had the broken hamate bone, not really clicking. Second year, obviously, there's all the stuff that I just talked about with him going to the strip club and everything kind of just piles up on him. Uh, a lot of guy that I would say would be more than unlucky barreled a lot of balls in San Diego, but it just again it just didn't work out here. And then he's gone to Cincinnati and he started off like 0 for 22 there. He's a terrible defender. He's been solid. He's got like a 705 OPS this year, of which I guess with a dead ball is decent. But he's just like at this point in his career, just a guy. Like, no one minds having him on the team. If you're someone in contention, you probably look to maybe trade him. You know, he'd be a solid left field option for someone. But uh, as a player, yeah, his best years, I think, are certainly behind him at this point. Okay, so let's get into the story of the week. So, uh, Jack Peterson, Mm -hmm. former Dodger, was in a fantasy football league. And so their fantasy football league was with Tommy Pham, Jack Peterson, do we know anyone else who was in it? Uh, no, they actually haven't confirmed like anyone else who was in it. I'm assuming probably guys that were on the Dodgers, like maybe NLS guys, but no, no one's actually been confirmed who else is in this league, although now I would love to know. Yeah, so they, they were in a fantasy football league, and basically, out of nowhere, Tommy Pham goes up before a Giants-Reds game and slaps Jock Peterson in the face in the outfield. Classy. So that's what the video looks like. So as more details have come out, and most of this has come from Jock Peterson and recently Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson has basically said, 
what happened is they were in a fantasy football league, and Jock put a player, an injured player, in his IR spot, and then went and picked someone out. So Tommy Pham was upset that he thought Jock was cheating because he was using his IR spot for people who were not on the IR. And so... Criminal offense right there. Yeah, Criminal. so this was from the previous NFL season. So this is like six-month-old news. So Tommy Pham took it upon himself to do some individual justice and go slap Jock Peterson. So what was your original reaction to this story? I mean, okay, like, look, I, I think from anyone who... It's ridiculous. I mean, I've never heard of someone getting so upset over fantasy football, especially grown adults. I mean, Tommy Pham's an older guy. Jock, these guys are not like... 19 year olds even 17 year olds it's something i expect from a high schooler but i mean going up to him and being like hey you cost me my money punk even though we're million dollar athletes probably paying in some sort of you know smaller fantasy football league he felt the need to slap him that's psychotic that was absolutely psychotic i can't believe it's actually true i actually thought the first time when i saw it i was like oh this is a fake this is something from like the onion there's no way this is possibly true but then everything comes out and then just like the quotes from today from tommy fam where he's like i'm a high roller in vegas i don't like when people take my money like he was playing with his livelihood and he also said he was retaliating for something that Jock said about like his former team, the Padres, last season. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why, like, how loose can the screws be in your head that just makes you think that, like, yep, I <laughs> lost a couple bucks in fantasy football. Time to just go slap this guy in the outfield before a game. No way that'll have any sort of effect. But it was preposterous. It's one of the most absurd sports stories I've seen this year, probably. But, I mean, that's me. What about you? Do you think this is a rational decision? No, I mean, this is crazy. I mean, it's fantasy football we're talking about. And uh, these are professional athletes in one league. And all Jock did was something every fantasy football owner does and is clearly in the rules. If it weren't in the rules, you wouldn't be able to move a player who's out into your IR spot. Like... I don't, I don't understand why this got such a big deal. But there is one thing I want to hone in on in this story. And that's the idea that Tommy Pham is talking about the jock messed with his money. So, Clark, I have to raise the question. Could there be more to this story? Could this be a much more higher-end fantasy football league? Well, like it depends on. I guess we need. I would need to know how much money this is. Like we're playing for here. Like, is it like some sort of fifty thousand? Okay, maybe it's like a fifty thousand dollar buy-in where it's just some sort of crazy amount of cash. Then I'm like, I even then still would just to slap them openly, but in batting practice, I still don't think it's the right thing. However, I mean. No, what am I even talking about? No, 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 no. It doesn't matter how much money this would be for. That's such an insane reaction to just go physically, like, not assault someone, but just slap someone across the face before a game. You're two professional athletes. Like, let's just get a grip. Yeah, but, like, what does it mean, his response of, he messed with my money, I'm a high roller in Vegas? Okay, well, I think he's from Vegas. That's probably the reason why. But So, even if he's a high roller, what does that have to do with the fantasy football league? Does that mean there's side gambling going on? I think it just means he was upset that he probably didn't win the league and he feels like somehow jock peterson by doing this slighted him even though i'm pretty sure jock said that he did the same thing that but like did jock win the league well we don't know anyone who won the league like that's the thing that's what i want to know now like this is now the most entertaining fantasy football league in sports like the fact that these two guys like the high rolling thing i want to know how much the pay-in was and i also want to know like you know what was being said like what did jock peterson say about the padres that like made him feel the need like this is so openly disrespectful there's so many layers i want to know now yeah, I just don't get it. I mean, 
Jock was on the Braves. I mean, he was winning. Well, he was on the Cubs probably at the time. Like, was oh, he on the he Dodgers? On the Cubs? Well, because I'm assuming if, well, if it was a year ago, maybe he was on the Dodgers still. Was it not this offseason? It was last offseason that this all occurred? I mean, from what I had read, I thought it was like a year ago altercation. Like, it was something from like oh. over a year ago. So, I don't know if, I mean, he could have been a Dodger. So, it was the 2020 fantasy football season, not the 2021 maybe. fantasy football season. I mean, I think I. It's either it's he said it was like over a year or something like that. Regardless, it, though, it says it's the twenty twenty. Okay, so the twenty twenty. So if that's the case, and yes, maybe he was still a Dodger at that point. But I mean, ultimately, it's over a year. Like they, why is this such an issue with him? Like is this really? I've lost plenty of fantasy football leagues. I have been lo- upset that I lost twenty dollars. I've never thought that I would go up and be like, "Oh, that guy that picked up that one dude on waivers, time to smack the daylights out of him." Like yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. I mean, it's like Will Smith at the Oscars. No, it is. But like the thing again, now that this story has come out, it's literally like the most I want to know about this fantasy football league. They're insane for this. Yeah, I want to know who else is in it. Is I've it all- I. It's got to be like NL West guys, I feel like. Because if it was 2020 and if he was like in quarantine, maybe it's only guys who are really playing a lot. Yeah. So I feel like maybe like Justin Turner's in it. If I had to guess for like someone else, maybe guys like Walker Bueller. Um, I don't know anyone on the Padres that really partakes in. Maybe Eric Hosmer, but he's an idiot, so he wouldn't be well, very good at it. So what this story has really led me to think about is sport players are not allowed to gamble on themselves. That is against the rules. I mean, we just saw Calvin Ridley get suspended for an entire season for gambling. At what point do players playing fantasy football become gambling? Or, like, Austin Eckler is very open about that he runs fantasy leagues. At what point does that become gambling? I don't. I mean, it's a fantasy league. Yeah, but th- this league clearly had a lot of money Yeah, but they're baseball it. players playing on fantasy football. They're not doing they fantasy baseball. They are betting baseball. on other sports. They're not allowed to is bet it, on other sports. I think... I think you're you're not allowed to. I, I thought you were. So. I thought you're allowed to gamble, just not on yourself, like your own respective sport. Maybe that's true. Maybe it depends on the league too, because I know in the NFL you're not allowed to gamble on other. Sports. I don't know. I, I think fantasy. I mean, again, if it's a friendly wager and fantasy f- football being played by baseball players, I mean, I know from just seeing behind the scenes stuff that guys will like do big fantasy drafts, like the Dodgers. I've seen stuff where they've done that, the Diamondbacks. But I don't know. I mean, I, I guess. As long as, like, no, I, I feel like it's really not, because, again, you're not betting on yourself in the sense you you have, like, a, it's a fantasy league. It's not, you know. Yeah. I, I guess it's just my feeling on it. I, I don't think it's as, I don't think it's the same equivalence, like, oh, I'm putting $50,000 for my team to lose or something, or my team to win. Like, you know, it's just a fantasy yeah, league. Sure. Yeah. Unless it's some sort of, like, daily fantasy league, but even then, it's still, like... As long as it's in my opinion with sports, like with athletes, I would think as long as you're not betting on your own sport or like your own team, I'm fine. Like I, I wouldn't care if like a hockey player bet on tennis or if a tennis player bet on baseball. Yeah, but I mean, it's ultimately not your decisions. Those well, I know, but that would just be if I were the commissioner, which I think would be a great idea for some of these people. That that's what I would have it operate by. All right, all right. So, what do you, you think? It's not bad. Do you think they shouldn't do that? I don't know. I mean, it's a tough one. Especially after the Calvin Ridley suspension, I feel like. Well, Calvin Ridley was just wrong. betting on him. On, they only oh, bet on three games. You believe that? I don't know. I, there's no fucking way it was just three games. He you definitely. <laughs> Calvin Ridley. Really, yes, it would a lie. You am I supposed to sit here and believe that Calvin Ridley's like, well, I only bet like $40? No, there's no shot that Calvin Ridley only bet that much. Yeah, maybe you're right. That's a total lie. It's he has, also a little bit more because. 
he was like out. He was out. He probably like, I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? Like, oh, I multi-million dollar athlete only put down $40 on a parlay? Absolutely not. Yeah, that's true. There's no, I bet Calvin Ridley was found out in big bucks. I wish I knew more on that. Again, one of those stories I really wish I knew on because I feel like Calvin Ridley was just drilling cash out there. Yeah, especially because he didn't really appeal it. No, and then when you watch the games that he played in too, like someone made a compilation of you yeah. seeing that of him like just making terrible decisions with the ball in his hands. It's like okay, well this guy was clearly trying to throw games at some point. Yeah, that's true. So I think it was probably you. You wouldn't make those plays if you only had forty dollars on the game. Let's just say that you wouldn't run sideways or lateral or backwards with the ball in your hand if you only had forty dollars. Okay, that's a good. Point. Maybe add three more zeros to that, and we have a conversation. All right. Well. Uh, let's move past this Tommy Pham story. It's more of just a fun thing. Uh, so let's move into our main story of the day, which has to go over with the NFL, which is David Njoku. So David Njoku was a franchise-tagged tight end for the Cleveland Browns who was getting paid about $11 million on the franchise tag and just signed an extension yesterday for four years, $57 million, $28 million guaranteed. So, Clark, what were your initial thoughts on this contract extension? Idiots. The Cleveland Browns were idiots for this. This That was my initial reaction. I think David Njoku is an okay player. However, I cannot simply sit here and fathom paying a player who's never had more than four receiving touchdowns in a single season, $28 million in guaranteed money, and giving him $14.18 million a year, making him the fourth highest paid tight end in the NFL. And now there were some Browns fans on there I got on Twitter, specifically one person who replied saying, oh, but you have to look who threw him the ball. Okay, he had Baker Mayfield throwing him the ball for at least four years. And in Cleveland, if Cleveland fans are commenting on this, that was your saving grace, I thought. And I know he's gone now, but if we're going to make the excuse now, that's stupid. The reality of the situation is that David Njoku, in my mind, didn't deserve that money because he's not that caliber of player. I think he's maybe a cusp top 10 tight end of the NFL, but I can't fathom again paying someone that much money who's little production. It's just really small production from him. He hasn't proven anything in my mind to warrant that money, but what about you? Did you did you like it? No, I mean, I think it's a massive overpay. Yep. David Njoku's also a hard one because you're basically just paying him on projection just because Cleveland, in my opinion, completely mismanaged him from the beginning mm-hmm. because after they took him in the first round, they decided to give Austin Hooper a giant contract, take away snaps, make him second on the depth chart, third on the depth chart because when you have a blocking tight end in, you're not going to have Njoku. Um, and it really relegated him down the depth chart. Last year was his still first year kind of as the number one because they didn't really use Hooper all that much. Um, and honestly, he didn't really show anything. A big part of his stat line is honestly that 75-yard touchdown against the Chargers in week four yes. where he just bounced off a tackle and there was no safety deep and they just ran all the way to the end zone. That's one of his touchdowns and it's 75 yards. Yeah, he shows his athleticism, but... It doesn't exactly scream to me he's ready to take the next step, which I think is the big issue here. No, again, that's the same. Like it's the same thing I said. I think Njoku, talent-wise, is a guy who his ceiling is pretty high, and and conceivably, that with Watson, yes, things could get better. However, in the NFL, when you know there is cap numbers and stuff like that, this is a lot of money to risk on a guy who truthfully hasn't proven much to you except for that the talent's kind of there 
I mean, I think if Cleveland was smart, they would have allocated that money maybe elsewhere. And again, he was, I don't know if he was thrilled to play on the tag. I don't know if there's some sort of holdout discussion as in terms of what the deal was. I know that there was some kind of holdout discussion, but yeah. they wanted to make a deal happen since the beginning. And I think it's fine that they wanted to make a deal happen. I'm just shocked it's this much because now he's being paid the same number as Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, who are two vastly, vastly, vastly superior players to him. Well, I, I think this just goes back to, which we haven't talked about on here, but we've talked about off of the podcast, is just the inflation of receiving options. I mm-hmm. mean, the market for wide receivers and tight ends now mm-hmm. has just skyrocketed up. We're seeing now David Njoku, a player who really hasn't proven anything, just got $14 million, which is what number one receivers were getting like four years ago. Yeah. We're just seeing receivers and tight ends market just blow up. And I don't I don't know if for the roster building if it's necessarily like good for GMs. I mean, what what do you think? Well, okay, I I think for me I agree on the whole like everything blowing if, if you're a GM of any opposing team not in the Cleveland Browns, you're like what the hell, guys? Because now anyone who's still currently under contract that's a tight end is like, if they're any good, we'll be like, well, he just got $14 million. He hasn't done anything. I want more than that, and I won't take anything less than that. It's the total Christian Kirk effect. No, it, it is. The, this will be – I think it is. That's a great con- – this yeah. will be like the Christian Kirk contract for tight ends. I mean, look, like last offseason, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry got like what? $11 million, $12 million for theirs? Yeah, I think they both went – Hunter Henry signed a three-year deal, $37 million. Gianno Smith went four years, $50 million. Okay, and just to preface that, compared to Njoku, Hunter Henry and Gianno Smith had both been multiple-time Pro Bowlers. Take that for what you will. Hunter Henry, I believe, had a multiple, if not at least one 10-plus touchdown season, right? Yeah. So the body of work was there. The question was just could he stay healthy, and he answered that last year with another great year with the Patriots, I think, really overall. Yeah. So those guys I can wrap my minds around because they had proven NFL production, and I think even those were like, all right, it's a little bit expensive, but they're proven players. They meant a lot to the offenses. Well, Hunter Henry's one where he still had plenty of potential left in the receiving mm-hmm. game, and it's shown that he's a very good blocker in the league. Yeah. Najoku has not shown that. Yeah. He's just a fast guy. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just like, you know, again, Njoku's a guy who, again, I I'm not saying he can't be – an explosive good tight end i'm not saying that i'm just saying that paying a guy purely based off for what you think he could be is ludicrous yeah there's no way in my mind and i i'm sure browns fans to try to make themselves sleep better at night will try to convince themselves that oh yes this was the smart thing to do right now and they can sit there and say we're saving the receipts but ultimately i don't understand how you don't look back and say wow we gave how much money for a guy that's done really not that much? Well, the other question that comes into this is, so right now, Cleveland is paying Deshaun Watson pretty much nothing on the salary cap. They structured it to where they were only paying basically $1 million in salary cap bonus because they have Baker still on the roster. Mm-hmm. Now, next year, when they start paying Deshaun Watson, we're talking like $50 million cap hits. 
plus Miles Garrett's contract, plus Denzel Ward's biggest corner contract, mm-hmm. plus now David Njoku's contract. Where is the money going to come from? Where are they going to get free agents? Who are they going to add? Well, the thing that'll be, I, I don't know where the money's going to come from. I, I, that's the thing. I, with they Ward, huge guarantees on no, all these players. It's a lot. I mean, even with Njoku, he's at least, he's what, $28 million guaranteed? So that's the first two yeah. years pretty much guaranteed to him right there. Just locked in. And Watson will be huge next year. And like you said, uh, you have Miles Garrett, you have Denzel Ward, and I'm sure there's other guys in the team that are going to be coming up. So it's just like, you know, I don't know where they're going to go to get the money. Um, but it's certainly, if I'm a Browns fan, something I'm concerned about because the cap is real. I mean, some people like to argue that it's not, but cap hits are real. Cap issues are real. Um, and I think it's something the Browns maybe in a year or two will be like, mm, maybe we handicapped ourselves a little bit here with this. So... Yeah, this is a tough one to swallow, especially when you look at where other tight ends are getting paid that are mm-hmm. much better than Njoku. No. George Kittle is our top paid tight end and deserves to be. Yeah. I mean, you could make the argument that Mark Andrews is a better player. You can make an argument Travis Kelsey is a better receiver. But mm-hmm. you can't make the argument that there's a more well-rounded tight end in the league. No, you can't. Certainly not. Well, the thing is, too, is that, like, Again, when I look at Njoku, I don't know if he's... He's probably maybe just inside or just outside of the top 10 tight ends in the NFL. And once you really get past 4 slash 5, it's really not that impressive of a list. No. So, I'm like, you know... Again, I think my top 5 would be... You'd go with Kittle, Andrews, Kelsey. um, You'd have Waller in there. And then... Hunter Henry, and then from there on, it's kind of like, all right, these are a bunch of guys who are just kind of like a bunch of like Tanner Hawkinsons, Mike Gesicki's, Dalton Schultz, where you're like, all right, they're fine, but they don't really alter my offense all that much. They're just kind of there. Yeah, totally. I mean, there could be a strong argument that there are a number of 20 tight ends in the league that'll finish 10 through 5. You yeah. could, I could not nail down a list of outside of the top five guys, which will likely be Kittle, Pitts. Yeah, Pitts. I just forgot to throw Pitts in there. Yeah, Marky Andrews, Darren Waller, and who's the last one? I'm forgetting. Oh, and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, those are those are going to be probably our top five tight ends. Yeah, and then six through ten could be a number of maybe twenty guys. There's a lot of guys that give you options. I mean, you can put guys like Hawkinson, you know, Gusecki, Dalton Schultz, Schultz. T- Dawson Knox. Gerald Everett and the yeah. Chargers offense might get there. It's, you could make the Hayden Hurst and the Bengals offense. I could see maybe getting there. I mean, he's not a great player, but it's just like you production know, wise, he could match up. With I mean, that. yeah, th- that's just the thing. And I think a bigger thing too, uh, like just to go back to the Njoku thing with the Browns and, and the money that they gave him. Um, say he's just not. He's just the same. He has the same year he's had, like 500 yards, four touchdowns. You're gonna be pissed off that you paid him that again. And Denzel Ward comes up, and if you can't sign Denzel, Denzel Ward because you've locked up too much money in him, you're gonna be kicking yourself as a Browns fan. Well, they already locked up Denzel. Ward. Oh, did they really? Yeah, they signed him to a five-year, hundred million dollar deal. No. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, they lo- they already locked in. So, uh, speaking on that, that's a great move. So I'm looking at the Cleveland Browns future cap situation so they currently have 48 players under contract which means they got to get to 90 by next year so they got to fill in five spots because of the 51 man rule now right now they are already 20 million dollars over the salary cap next year Mm -hmm. and if you look at their top players they don't really have anyone they can cut right now i mean they're gonna have to cut a good player i mean they're gonna let Clowney walk probably 
would be the best guess, but they're going to have to let a good player go to make their cap situation work. Yeah, most likely. I mean, their cap hit for Deshaun Watson next year is $55 million. Miles Garrett's cap hit is $30 million. And I don't even think this list right now has... It doesn't even have the Njoku contract on it yet. Yeah, exactly. We're on cap savings right now. We're on OTC. And they don't even have Njoku on it, and they're already... So you can already add that extra cap hit to it. Yeah, so we're going to get up to 34 I mean, it's a dangerous spot to be in. You can see what happened to teams like, you know, the Saints. And yeah. I know there's teams that, you know, argue like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter. But again, I, I'm an avid provider that cap space does matter. It absolutely cripples you. Like, you know, there's I mean, only so much Green you could Bay. do about it. <laughs> look at Green Bay. Look at Kansas City. Kansas City had a great draft. They were able to retool. But that team is not nearly as good as they were with Tyreek Hill. No. Now you can just look at their great receiving core, which is the definition of mid. It's yeah, not it's good. Yeah, it's average. No, and everyone's like, who's the guy they took in the second round again? Uh, Sky Moore. Sky Moore. Everyone's like, wow, look at Sky Moore. He's going to be great. Okay, you want to bet Sky Moore is not going to be that freaking good because there's not all their pass and catch options out there? They're going to figure it out. I mean, I think, I mean, this is going to totally their subject. With the Chiefs, I think you're going to regret dearly dearly trading Tyreek Hill because that was such a big part of their offense. I don't think they truthfully understand well, that. So this is this is my take on the Hill trade. In the long term, it's the right move. In the long term, yeah. In the long term, a lot of these defensive players they just drafted are going to develop into solid pieces, and that defense lacks so much talent. Mm-hmm. Now, in the short term, this team is much worse. I wouldn't say much worse, but not as good. Not nearly as good. I mean, their offense... Well, they just lost his most explosive player. player. Yeah. I mean, where I would I argue Tyreek Hill is a top five wide receiver in the league easily. Really? Yeah, I think easily. Okay. I think easily he's a top five wide receiver in the league. You could you could make the argument to me he might be number three. No. Right behind Cooper Cup, and Devontae Adams. Oh, that's foolish. Who would you put ahead of him? Yeah. Yeah. Right now, I would put um, Devontae. Jay Jets, Chase, Cooper Cup, and you then put Chase above absolutely. Tyree Hill right yes, now. I would. But I'm not saying with with Miami. I'm saying purely player wise. Like let's say Hill was still on Kansas City. Hill was, but he's not on Kansas City anymore. But but we're talking about. I'm saying that they're a much worse team in the short term. <sighs> if he was still on Kansas City, he's a top three receiver in my mind. No, he's not top three in my mind, but that's okay. I, I don't get it. I just I'm gave you guys who I think are better. I just gave you guys who are I better. I think Chase is better. Chase is better, yeah. No. I would much rather have Jamar Chase. In the long term, yes. Cause he's right now, player. I would rather have him. He had a better year than Tyree Kill did this year. Yeah, but, yeah, but. he's only had one year in the league, and it's unfair because Kansas City also has Ty- Travis Kelsey, who eats up so many targets. So they have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Yeah, but T. Higgins also the equivalent of Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's no, but wait a minute. Wait, a minute. okay. T. Higgins also went over a thousand yards this year too, and Tyler Boyd almost did too. And then there's Joe Mixon in the backfield. There's plenty of carries and no, things to go around. Plenty of guys, but no, no, I, no, I just think guys. before we go, I, I mean, I guess yes. I like Tyreek Hill. I think he's probably a, he is a top ten NFL receiver, no doubt. He can get there at the number five spot. He's not top three in my mind. He's just not. That's just all I have to say. I mean, you know, I obviously you think he is, but I, yeah, I, I think he is. I mean, he, there's no other player in the league like him. That's why. That's I'm gonna why I guess. Put Debo in the top five too. I just don't think there's any other player like him. Wow, you Debo put Debo, you put Debo in top five. Yeah, I put he played running back more than he did wide receiver last year. Yeah, but that's what makes him a top five receiver in my mind because he's the only player that can do that kind of stuff. 
Like, I mean, they could do other stuff. Guys like that. I mean, they, they could, but they don't. But they don't. They exactly. Don't. I know. Debo carried his entire team to the NFC. Uh, he didn't get, well, the defense for the 49ers. Not actually, the front four for the 49ers was good. The secondary was atrocious. Agree, but but. If you're talking about who made that offense move, without Debo Samuel, they would have not beat the Packers. I mean, they only beat. The, I mean, they beat the Packers because the Packers are idiots and couldn't win in their yeah, own house. I mean, the they got lucky there. Hard, yeah, Debo is the big reason why they ended up winning. Yeah, he's a big reason. He was a big. I reason. mean, I, in my mind, Debo's a top five receiver. In my mind, I would put Debo. No, I wouldn't put Debo ahead of Tyreek. But I put no. Tyreke I have Tyreek ahead of Debo. Debo. My list is probably number one. Another hot take. I think Cooper is, is the best receiver. In the that's league. foolish. He, that is that, that is gonna happen. We were gonna do hot take of the day later, and you were gonna say something else. But that's stupid. That's that's my hot take. That's your hot take that he, you think you think you think Cooper Cup's the number one receiver in the yeah. NFL. No. Yeah, I think so. Incorrect. Sadly. Cooper Cup is so good. He is really good. He is really, but he's not the best receiver in the NFL. Every route he runs is so crisp, and there's no other player that moves like him in the NFL game right now. That's just not true. He was a finisher. He he set the record for most yards. I don't even think he would be my best route runner. I don't think he's the best route runner in the league. I still think Devontae Adams is probably the best. Yeah, that, I was going to say, yes, Devontae Adams is the best Devontae runner. Adams is probably the best I runner. I think, to me, again, that's the guy who I think. I think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL. I think there's a, I think there's an argument between the two. I like Cup more just because of the... Cup's my five, maybe. Because I also... I This is a... And now we'll see it because... I just think Aaron Rodgers probably helped Devontae out of the line. Yeah, but he's going back with his boy DC where they made freaking yeah, so we'll ma- mountains move in the Mountain West when they were at Fresno State together. I would love to see Devontae Adams prove me wrong, but right now... He I probably will. One. That's foolish. I don't think it's That's foolish. silly. That's true. I'm not letting you he do... You the triple crown. Okay, well, I, that's cool. I'm, he's not, though. He's just not. Most yards through a Super Bowl era... Big reason that the recency Rams bias, the recency bias. It is recency bias. It is recency. How bias. dare you? Because he just had one of the best seasons ever. Well, if I'm saying I'm putting number one receiver into next year, you got to use recency bias. Yes, but I still think he wouldn't be my number one. I just told you he definitely he would not be my number one. He would not be my number two, right? No, he wouldn't be my number two. Who would be your number two? Justin Jefferson. No way. Yep. Justin Jefferson is not number two. Justin Jefferson's number two. That's, that's my no, no it's not no it's justin jefferson why is justin jefferson number two i think i just like more i mean what does justin jefferson do that cooper cup does go vertical same as cooper cup cooper cup does not go vertical nearly as often not nearly as often he hardly ever does cooper cups i'm not saying not, look that's now that's you're gonna make not. it sound like i don't think cooper cup is really 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 good i think he's a fifth best receiver fourth best receiver but in the schematically, nfl schematically that's just not no I, I schematically he is he's great for the rams because he's he gets open and they make fine ways for him to get open that's awesome yeah uh, in my mind he's clear number one okay well going we're into next year most productive receiver Devonte adams would be my number two I would have Tyreek Hill number three. I would have Justin Jefferson four. I would have Debo five. Number six would be Jamar Chase. That's how my list shakes out right Don't now. listen to that list. Why? What's wrong with that list? The fact that you put Jamar Chase at six. That's where Jamar Chase is right now. That is silly. Why? Because it's just silly. What's silly about it? Where would you have... Who would you have him above? I would... Oh, say your list again. So, number one, Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Number two, Devontae Adams. Number three, Tyreek Hill. Number four, Justin Jefferson. Number five, Debo Samuel. 
I'd Number have him, six, Jamar Chase. I would have him above Debo. I'd have him above Tyreek, and I'd have him above uh, Cooper Cup. You're also Bengals. Fan. No, he is not above Cooper Cup. No way. No, maybe not above Cup, but he Cup, above Cup. Cup's above him. But he's he's above Debo, and he's above Tyreek. He's not above Debo. Yes, he is. Debo's a more proven player. <laughs> Debo had last year was Debo's best year. Before that, he was you sort of. You also have to put into the equation. I thought Jamar Chase, just like you said has way more mouths to feed around him, so he's taking a lot of the pressure off. On those other teams, I mean, the only one that I really think is a solo option is probably Devontae Adams. He was probably the main option. Wow, real disrespect to Alan Lazard right there, and Melody has felt his scantling. Yeah, I don't give real disrespect. Neither of those players are very good. Alan Lazard's okay. <laughs> what, about, <laughs> what about Robert Tunyon? Speaking of mid-Chiefs... Uh, <laughs> Martez Valding Scanling. The Chiefs might have one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL. They exist. A, there it goes into your comment about him being mid. You didn't even consider him okay when you listed those Packers receivers. No, they're the the MVS? Kansas, You're not a big MVS guy. Uh, MVS is like great for like a go route once every three weeks. Yeah, he's just Jalen Guyton. Like Jalen Guyton, I think is better than Martez Valding Scanling. Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Maybe yeah, that's just I, me. I don't like MVS. I'm not a huge fan. No, of I don't like anything about the Kansas City receiving core right now. And I guess Travis Kelsey's a tight end, so he falls. He's part of the receiving yeah, core. But, I mean, he's a good but then, okay, Juju Smith-Schuster, not good. Um, Sky Moore is a rookie. Um, Mardez Valdez-Scantling. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He's not good. And is there anyone else that I'm missing? Well, they signed, uh, what's the Clemson guy who made Justin that Ross? Yeah. <laughs> He had vertebrae surgery, and most doctors apparently did not medically clear him, so that's why no one drafted him. Well, it's also if he ta- isn't it like if he takes a hard hit, like look, like going to be out of the league essentially. Like, like if he gets blasted, which by the way, if you're a receiver in the NFL, you will be hit in the back. So, and I yeah. feel terrible. I, I thought Justin Ross was a great prospect, awesome at Clemson, and it's terrible this has happened to him. But the reality of the situation is, if he gets blasted in the back, it's not going to be good. No, it's going to be so bad. very, very bad. Yeah. But I mean, gosh, all right, fine. I guess that's your. I you had your other hot take of the day coming in, but that's that's mine and your. Yeah, uh, I consider my hot take of the day. So uh, I ended up. He's sharing, gonna give you two. I, I ended up sharing a different hot take. But so we're starting a new segment once a week. We're gonna get on here and we're gonna do hot takes of the week. So Clark and I will switch between the two of us. So I guess I've already had a hot take, but I'm gonna do one more. Yeah, please. Uh, and then Clark will share his, which I will probably disagree with. Maybe I'll you probably won't even know about this. I one, don't. Right? I don't even know what his hot take is. Uh, but my hot take is: I think the Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl contenders. Silly. How is it silly? Did you watch Jalen Hurts in the playoff game last year? Yeah, but they were also playing Tampa. Okay, I'm just saying. But now they've added a lot. You gotta say. I'm not, I I I like the Eagles. A lot more ammo to that offense. I like the Eagles. I'm not saying AJ Brown. AJ Brown's really nice. I'm not saying I don't like the Eagles. I think the Eagles are a playoff team again this year. I'm just saying I don't think they're a Super Bowl team unless I'm willing to change my mind if Jalen Hurts plays better this year. What is better to you? Um, steps up in the passing game a little bit more certainly. Improves I mean, a passer. Issue with Jaylen, with was Jaylen he can't Hurt. throw to one side of the field? Yeah, he can't throw it on the left side. That would be an issue for a quarterback typically if you can't throw to one side of the field. What they really need to do, and I think this is what they're slowly getting into, is I think they're really starting to realize Jalen Hurts needs to play like Lamar Jackson. And I think this is really what they're going to start to transition into. 
Well, I think uh, Sirianni did a good job of recognizing the strengths midway through the season. Yeah, I mean, he wanted to be a passing team, and then halfway through, they went into a total ground and pound and ended up with the number one rush. Which, I mean, that was like a real Philadelphia fan moment. I think most Eagles fans wanted Sirianni fired by like week six, and then at the end of the year, they're in the playoffs. So that just goes to show you that Eagles fans, while I do love the passion sometimes, and this just goes to Philly in general, are just some of the biggest idiots out there. Fly, Eagles, fly. Fly, Eagles, fly right into a stupid window because your fans don't know what to talk about so but yeah i mean again i like i like but so let me let me lay out my reasons why they're super bowl contenders really i'm just okay go for it number one (laughs) the nfc is super weak now i'm not saying super bowl contenders i think if the eagles make the super bowl they are losing to whoever's in the afc that's fair but to be a super bowl contender you just got to reach the super bowl and so in the NFC, it is so incredibly weak that I think the Eagles could sneak in. I mean, how many contenders do we re- that could honestly make the Super Bowl in the NFC? We have Tampa is probably your biggest one. Los Angeles, the Rams, repeating mm-hmm. champs. We got Green Bay, Green who Bay. I don't think is going to get there. Well, I don't know if they're going to get there either. But We got Philly. You're that would put, be my list. I think those are the four. What about Dallas? You don't think Dallas is no, in? Why no. not? Why not? They lost so much talent this offseason, and they've only gotten worse. They did do that. I don't and know. they haven't been successful at all recently. What about the What about the Cardinals? I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury at all. What about the 49ers? I don't trust Jimmy Jimmy. They King. almost did it again. I know. They, that's a team I have to think about. But if they trade D, I mean, if they keep Debo... Then sure, but it feels like they're going to trade Devo. What about the Vikings? No. Big Daddy Kurt, though, man. You're telling me you don't like... That is the most mid-team. Maybe... No, wait a minute. If that Kurt, is so mid. And this is my expert analysis. If Kirk Cousins grittied more, they would be a better team. <laughs> you know Mac Jones hit the gritty. Yeah, well, that's, we don't need to talk about that. That was pretty funny in the Pro Bowl. That was, that was the best part of the Pro Bowl. That was so stupid. But... <laughs> <laughs> That was probably one of the best parts of the Pro Bowl. But, yeah, I mean, I I guess contenders, yes. They are... I think they're contenders. Maybe. I need to I see it. I would pick them to pick their, win their division right now. What are the Vegas odds on that right now? Hold I'm on. Sure. You can look it up. I'm not looking, I don't know. Let me well, see. So how, about, how about I look it up? How about you share your hot take? Oh, yeah. I mean, mine's... It's not searing hot quite as Ethan's there, but... So, for those who pay attention to the uh, beautiful world of college sports you would know that the ncaa football season released its schedule um with its times basically for everything um in week one for some reason um alabama in texas are playing at 11 o'clock my hot take is is that that is the worst scheduled time game in college sports in the last five years why would you ever put the two biggest programs probably playing week one at 11 o'clock? Why would you ever do that? Is it 11 o'clock Eastern or Pacific? Uh, it's 11 o'clock Eastern. Oh, really? Yes. So you're going to have your two probably biggest, maybe not up there with the most historic programs in college sports, just playing at 11 o'clock. I don't know if the executives at Fox are just idiots or what the deal is or if someone needs to be fired, but I simply cannot comprehend how you are going to have C- uh, what is it? Sorry, Bryce Young and Kewen Edwards not on your main stage primetime game. They're probably going to put some stupid crap up there like 
Nebraska versus some other idiot team. Uh, why would you put it at 11 o'clock? Is that just you don't want anyone to watch? You just want nothing? Yeah, that does seem really weird. Yeah, so, yeah, hot take. Not quite as bad as Eagles, you know, or whatever. Something about Cooper Cup or Tyreek Hill. But plenty more. I'm sure you do. But we only get you already got two. I shouldn't even let you have one next week. <laughs> you can have two next week. No, I mean, I could, uh, you know, I could... You know, I could probably come up with another one off the top of my head, but, you know, I don't want to do that. I could go out here and say that um, Steve Kerr is a better coach than Gre- Greg Popovich, but I won't do that. No way. I think he might be at this point. He also is playing on a super team. I, Steve Kerr? Yeah, well, that's not a super team. This They're going to go back to the finals this year. I know. Yeah, they're probably going to win it again. Yeah, we'll see. And then he'll have this one less finals appearance and I think one less title in Greg Popovich. Yeah, but Greg Popovich. Don't sleep on Steve Kerr. Don't yeah, but sleep. he revolutionized the sport. It's yeah. not like Steve Kerr has really changed NBA in any way besides Uh, the- Well, Steve Kerr is about to match him in just about every single thing. Well, not by all-time wins yet, obviously, because you got to do that for like 20 years. But no, original hot take, though, to go back to it, scheduling Texas and Alabama to play at 11 o'clock Eastern is the worst college football scheduling time in the last five years. Unbelievably a joke. I don't know who's going to watch that. I mean, people are obviously going to watch it, but why you wouldn't make that your primetime night game for week one is just beyond me. Yeah, that does make no sense. Pretty stupid. But going back to Vegas odds, so the Eagles are favored to finish second in pretty much every major Why are the Washington Commanders higher than the Giants? Yeah, I have no idea, and it's quite, by quite a bit. Actually, what the, oh, that's by DraftKings. Yeah, so we got DraftKings fan duel uh, bet MG. That is wildly perplexing. The commanders are actually figured to finish above the Giants. I, what are they? I mean, oh, because I guess they have. I mean, I would be tempted to take those DraftKings odds of the Giants somehow sneaking it in a plus 1,000. To win the NFC East? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Is there any. I mean, I think it's probably. The, I mean, that's if you go to DraftKings, you wouldn't bet MGM, you get plus 700. I mean, I guess I, I do forget the commanders have, you know. Carson Wentz, but if he plays an important game, he just poops his pants, so I wouldn't take them for anything. But yeah, I mean, I guess some play Jacksonville or anyone with a competent team they just will go completely downhill. But yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess by uh, contenders, sure, maybe I, I reconsider, but ugh, I don't think I don't even, I mean... Hmm. But I guess none of them are, like, the Cowboys are favored over the Eagles, but it's not by that much. I would actually be with you. I would, I would really slam some money on the Eagles to win the division. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. I think they're going to beat Dallas. But well, that's I a whole like different it. thing. That's we a whole different thing at another time. But yeah. So, uh, this concludes our episode of From the Backseat. I hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, we are going to start doing some more shows. We still haven't nailed down a consistent schedule yet. We're looking at Monday, Wednesday, Friday at this point. That's what we're thinking. But we might do a weekend show. And once we get close to the NFL season, I think we'll really start to figure it out because we're going to do some wrap-up shows. Mm-hmm. At some point, we're going to start doing some interviews. we got to get Justin Herbert on here. Yeah, obviously. He's been in the DMs. We have to ignore him, though, because we just can't have stars on that earlier. We can't let Herbert onto the show. We'll get Joe Burr on here at some point. Clearly. He'll want to come talk to us. Unbiased journalism right here when we talk to him. I wouldn't be a fanboy at all over that. Yeah, no. No way. He'll want to talk to us. Yep. Uh, So, yeah, follow us on TikTok. Follow us on Twitter. Hopefully you know our handles. Go to our link tree. On TikTok, we're from the backseat. On Twitter, we're backseat124. Please start to interact with us. We're getting lonely just interacting with ourselves. So uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great rest of your day. Don't slap your friends over fantasy football.